Gosh, I wish you could just shut your big yapper. Now it's time for a long walk to Cleveland with Rudy Povich. Good luck finding a DJ who can move and shake like this. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and every morning live on Instagram. That shit sounds pretty good on blow, mixed with tequila and wine. On an empty stomach. Yeah, what's happening, everybody? Good morning. This is a long walk to Cleveland. My name is Rudy Povich. Find this podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher. Every day, 9.45 a.m., we go live on Instagram. Good morning, everybody. What's up, Tara? Hi, Janine. Bellamy Jack. Amanda Kim. Hi, Char. Nice to see you on the Instagram already this morning. What's up, D? Man, everybody joining us today. Scooter, what's happening? Hopefully, everybody's having a good day today. Uh, Today on the show, a little bit of parenting techniques that I had to employ last night. Uh, This will all be over soon, right? Please tell me this is all going to end one time soon. Oh, my goodness. Also, love at the Minnesota State Fair. Read an article that I came across and uh, see if you guys got a couple of of thoughts on it. But first, what's up, Wyatt? How are you, buddy? What's going on with the throat today? I apologize. Very phlegmy. On a Tuesday morning. Ugh, gross. So gross. Ah. Uh, I've been um, I've been kind of uh, sitting on a giant pile of work, and last night was supposed to be one of these nights where you're like, all right, man, now we're just going to kick it. We're just going to chill. We're just going to hang out. We ain't going to do much. And then uh, go ahead and uh, fade all that out, because uh, I had a couple of friends who were at the Hall & Oates show last night. <laughs> So thank you to Mira, who went out and uh, was at the show last night. Hollow Notes, Excellent Energy Center, downtown St. Paul. I had a couple other friends that were there who shot me a couple of lines like, where are you, bud? And it's just them in front of the stage taking a selfie. And you see John Hall, Daryl Oates standing there. you got to be kidding me. John John Oates, Daryl Hall. What the hell did I just say? I screwed that up, didn't I? Either way, see, I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. I've said this before, and I know I'm going to take some heat for it. Every time I bring this up, I don't know why like, I've been coined the guy that gets to uh, take a bunch of crap about Hall & Oates, and everybody has to play him. Every time we go out somewhere, everybody has to put on the jukebox. Everybody's got to put it on the car just to give me shit about it. I've had, I've said many times, the musicianship is amazing. Some of the songs are very good. We played yesterday. We played uh, uh, Making My Dreams Come True. Amazing song. You need a smile on your face? Listen to that song. If you want to jerk the wheel into an embankment, listen to Maneater. It's an awful song. It's terrible. Great musicians who play an awful song. There's a lot of great sports figures who play for awful teams. Tom Brady. All those years with the Patriots. Ugh. Gross. So gross. LeBron James on the Lakers. Ugh. Gross. Kobe Bryant, eh. I may, listen, that band is going to get so many songs that we put in the Pantheon that we could be playing. Mira wrote, I had an amazing night. I hope you did. I bet they're great. I bet they are a fun band to watch. The musicianship is amazing. And Live at Daryl's House is so good. That's a show that I could sit and I watch so many reruns of. 
when he brings Aaron Neville on and those two like start singing some gospel music, look out! Oh, the waterworks are flowing. You gotta get some tears, buddy. Then bring on Aaron Neville. He's gonna go and he's gonna have one of those crosses tattooed on his face. Seems like a weird place to get a cross tattoo. You'd think the more of the abdomen. Or maybe you could go up onto the left shoulder. Kind of like one of those trailer park people. But Aaron Neville's got a sweet voice, especially when he tells it up with Terrell Hallman. You know. So I don't know if this is Joe Biden or if it's Mark Wahlberg. I'm kind of right in between. I don't really feel like... <laughs> I got to make a decision, man. You got to figure it out, man. You got to figure it out, man. Yeah, there we go. There he is. Yeah, little Joe with a crooked smile. There he is. Yeah, all right, anyway. Sorry about that. No, but listen, uh, I, I really do. There are some great Holland Oates songs. Man, making my dreams come true. I can sit and that's my jam, dude. That is my jam. Good morning, Lynn. Hi, Olena. Hi, Amy. Nice to see everybody this morning. Nicole, good morning to you. I bet it's an amazing night. And especially after, that was your first show back after a pandemic. Great musicians. That backing band that those guys have is stunningly good. Sometimes it's not even so much about like the the two or three main players. You know, we took my mom. This is apples and oranges, obviously. But we took my mom to go see Weird Al Yankovic at Red Rocks with my daughter. And my mom had said, first off, the show was incredible. But I didn't realize like every member of his band is just so talented. And that's a testament to how nice of a guy he is because that those dudes have been around for the entire deployment of the Weird Al Yankovic experience. Since day one, that band has been together. It's been the same exact guys, you know? Everybody thinks that it is... Uh, uh, let's read some comments here. Um, Mira, I was the only black person there. Surprised so many people were seated the entire show. I danced at hit after hit. They ended with dreams come true! Yes! Yeah, you gotta bookend it, man. You gotta bookend it, for sure. You bookend, uh, you open, here's kind of like, especially like in stand-up or any sort of um, entertainment, they always say, uh, open with silver, close with gold. But everything else in between can just kind of be whatever. In fact, one of my favorite concert memories was I went and saw Rush, which I love. I love that band. I have. My uncle introduced me to Rush when I was, uh, I don't know, like 14, you know, 2112. Oh, man. God, like, it's such good music. And I didn't know any of this stuff had existed, right? I was just like, whatever, dude. You know, um, the band Rush, I don't know, it's got to be like, you know, um, some sort of like classic rock band, whatever they might be. I don't know. Canadians? All right, great. Sounds good. But he introduces me to Rush, and we go to this concert. I take him to the concert one night, which, by the way, have I told my uncle Rush story yet? I don't know if I've told it on this podcast, but let's see. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. That's the worst air drumming ever. <laughs> uh, but uh, we go to see Rush, and they open with this song, Spirit of the Radio. And man, it's just, it's so, you hear that, and it's like the whole goddamn place with just like goes bananas, everybody's freaking out, oh my god. And then after this song gets done, the crowd goes nuts. And then they play another song that was sort of not really as well known as Spirit of Radio, it was off their first, their, their new record, and you were like, alright, we'll give you guys this. And then the next song was also off their new record that nobody knew. 
And then the third song that they played, or the fourth song that they played was also off their new record. And progressively, as every song would end, less and less people were clapping. And at some point, the guy behind me, they got done playing like their fifth song off their new album. And the dude behind us just yelled, play some Rush! Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. They opened with Maneater? What? They opened with, are you kidding me? They That dirge of a song, they opened with Maneater? No, they didn't. There's no way they opened with Maneater. That's impossible. There's unless you're unless you're making fun of me saying open with silver, close with gold, because the gold would definitely be making my dreams come true. But there's not a chance in hell that band opened with if they opened with Maneater, I would have been I would have turned around, I would have dumped out my eleven dollar Bud Light and walked out that door. They open on the dirgiest song they have? You gotta be kidding me. There's no way. Open with Maneater? No. Oh. You might as well just come out there and, and sing gospel hymns. You might as well just be like, you know, oh, ow, are you kidding me? No, Mira says, I swear, they opened with Maneater. What? Oh. Do they want, do they not like their fans? They must. They must hate their fans. They <laughs> There's no way. On, you, if you're a Holland Oats cover band, there's not a chance in hell you open with Maneater. That's their, the worst of all their... I'm, I'm so angry. I'm almost glad. I, I'm, now I'm actually happy. I'm glad. I'm so, <laughs> I bet there were people in the stands last... I hope there were people that were wicked pissed. Open with Maneater? It's so dirty. Like, I... Oh, man. Usually I always say, if you bring up a song, then you got to go and you got to play it. But not that one. I refuse to. So many better songs you could open with. We talked about it yesterday. Making my dreams come true. When you hear that song, that intro, dude, think about it. Lights go down in the XL Energy Center. The curtain drops. First thing you hear is uh, that intro. Oh, The 15-second Geico ad. Come on, move your ass, lizard. But I'm telling you. There's so many, I'm, I'm almost so angry. I am so angry. I am like almost so angry that they opened with that terrible. What I want. I don't want to lose my mind if I don't get off this subject. <laughs> oh, so many other better songs. I mean, Christ, they could have opened with War Pigs by Black Sabbath. I'd have been like, all right, now that's a, that's a risk. You guys are going for it, man. You're going for it. Unless they were just like, how many times do we got to play this goddamn song that they were just like, fuck it. Let's just get it out of the way. You know? Did I freeze on you guys? I see some people in the uh, the comments saying that we froze up. I'm good on my end. I don't know what happened. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, man. You got to go. You got to get the good internet, man. Get that good internet, man. You got to get it. 
You got to get that good internet, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know that uh, Lynn's been sending me some photos of uh, me mid-freeze when I just got some weird-ass face. One of my favorite things to do, if you get a chance, just scrub through like old episodes of The Daily Show. Nobody makes weirder faces than Jon Stewart. It's it's true. Just hit pause randomly on an old episode. You'll see what I'm talking about for sure. All right. So last night I made a mention that uh, I had to go ahead and uh, deploy some parenting tactics because, you know, I got a 13-year-old daughter and uh, there isn't anything that – are we still listening to goddamn Hall & Oates? Get out of there, Hall & Oates. Uh, there isn't anything that a 40-year-old guy has in common with a 13-year-old daughter other than they usually live under the same house. But uh, last night I had to uh, sit down with my kid and explain um, all about the way, the progress of of sports and the dedication that it takes to be able to consistently get out and be able to not only perform but also to keep up. Because it's sort of like a conveyor belt. You will have to, you know, progressively you will have to keep moving along with what the sport dictates you have to be able to do, you know? And if you can't, then you get bounced. It's the way it is. I mean, if you look at, look at any team photo from any sport, doesn't matter what it is, hockey, soccer, basketball, baseball, gymnastics, you look at the team photos... In like the first two, three levels, there's 30, 40 kids. Then you get to like nine levels above that and you're down to about six. It's because progressively, the sport demands more of you. And you can't you can't keep moving up unless you move along with it and meet those demands. And if you can't, then you got to start making decisions. And we had a, uh, we had a moment with my daughter last night where she, uh, you know, her competition for gymnastics, that season is coming up here mighty quick. We got about three and a half months before we got to get into the full swing of it. And she's missing a couple of things. And she was like, well, I think I want to go down and compete at a level that I already competed at. I said, absolutely not. That's not progress. And I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just telling you that we're not, I'm not paying out all that money to have you go back, to, to move backwards. Because you're going to be competing against girls that are like three and four years younger than you. That's not fair. You're trying to move up. And how you get better at things is not by going back and doing it the easy way. So here's the deal. You got three months. Figure your shit out. I'm not going to pay a ton of dough to have you sit on the sidelines and do nothing uh, if you're not going to work for it. So it's one thing if you tell me like every Saturday and Sunday, you're like, hey, uh, they got open gym. It's two hours. It's five bucks. Do you mind? Can I go? Absolutely. But if you're just going to like fuck around on your iPad and not go and work at this stuff, and then it comes time for you to go out to competition season and then you don't get to compete because you don't have your skills, I ain't paying for that shit. There's no way. It's one thing if it's like, this is like, you can't imagine. There's a great documentary called The Big Business of Little Sports. And it is, it's amazing how much dough you have to sink in to be able to keep your kids. And what we used to think was just like, ah, oh, that's a cheap sport. It's no big deal. Ah, tennis, you buy them a racket. Gymnastics, it's like a swimsuit, right? Fuck no, that is not the case. You get up, you work your ass off. I'm not, there's no way I'm paying for all this if you're not going to try. 
and, and it's not that you're not trying. It's that I get that you will have mental blocks. It's tough. The biggest thing is, especially with, with a sport like that, you're like, I don't want to get hurt. I would much rather have you go out there and go for broke and break a toe and me have to dish out like $3,200 out of my HSA. I would much rather do that than have you be a pussy and not try. I'm just saying. I, I know that you're probably like, oh my God, but that's the girl. I'm not saying for, it doesn't matter boy or girl. If you got a kid who is having demands of a thing that they want to do and they are not meeting it, don't let them take the easy way. That's that's terrible. That's terrible parenting. It's terrible. We sometimes look at parents. That, now, if you're like, we've obviously seen some parents go goddamn overboard and it's awful. And that that documentary, the big business of little sports and trophy kids. Oh, watch trophy kids. Trophy kids. That's a tough one, man. That's a really tough documentary to watch because these kids are, I mean, there's a a dad who's got like a seven-year-old golfer and he's just like screaming at her out on the green. Bring her down, bud. Maybe we don't need to go that far, but you do definitely need to tell your kids what's up. And if you have, if anybody has ever gone in to uh, collegiate sports, if anybody has ever gone to that next level, you will know it goddamn takes dedication. If it's what you want, you got to go for it. And you can't let, your brain is constantly telling you no. Your brain is like, don't do this because shit's going to go wrong. And then you're going to get hurt. Listen, right now their bones are, are, are bendy. It's very rubbery. Yes, you might break a toe or whatever, but you'll bounce back from that. What hurts worse is having to look back on life and go, I didn't give it my all, you know? I mean, when I was, uh, when I was in, I think it was like seventh grade, I loved football, loved it. And I was a big kid. I shot up. I was so much bigger than everybody else at, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade that and about seventh grade is when I kind of stopped and everybody else kept growing that by the time, like I got to ninth grade, I was getting my ass whipped. I mean, every play, I mean, my buddy, Steve, that, that dude, that dude put on like 37 pounds of muscle in a summer. Like he just shot up. It was like he grew a beard. Christ, he was buying us tobacco when we were like 12. (laughs) But it was like I was getting my ass kicked. I couldn't keep up with the demands of the sport. The the sport needed more from me and I couldn't do it. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried. And it wasn't because of lack of effort. It was just because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And progressively, as I just kept getting more and more, you know, every single play was just like getting hit, my head getting knocked around, getting my ass kicked. I kind of developed a little bit of a fear. Like, this is not fun anymore, man. I mean, we were going up against, we played a a game, I think it was was an 11th grade. We played a game against this team called Fergus Falls. And it was nothing but farm boys. I mean, these dudes were like, they were men out there. I mean, these guys were like 6'4". Rolling like 225, corn fed, just giant dudes. And I'm five foot seven. I weighed 145 pounds. Like it wasn't even a game. Like we just got our asses kicked. I'm like, this was that. That's when it started to become not fun. And that's when I started picking up the guitar and started going snowboarding and figuring out something else because I couldn't meet the demands anymore. And it, it wasn't a, a burden on anybody. It wasn't like, you know, my mom was shelling out thousands of dollars. I mean, my mom didn't give a shit what we did when it came to sports ever. 
you know? And it's not because, like, bad parenting. It was just like she had other shit to do, which I get. But, like, nowadays we're so involved with our kids and we sink so much money into them that to have them not try is you just you can't allow that to happen. And they have to know that they are responsible for that. You want to keep moving up in this. You want to keep doing it. You have to meet the demands of this sport. Your body is growing bigger. You are moving up levels. You are getting older. If you're not progressing, um, you need to sit down and think about why that is. And I will, and especially at that age, especially with how mushy their brains are and how malleable they are when it comes to learning skills, it is not anybody else's fault but their own. You just, it's not. It's not because like her coaches weren't giving her the right, you know, uh, direction. It's not because I wasn't willing to drive her to, to, you know, there's a whole Malcolm Gladwell book that talks about like, hey, kids who make it in sports usually have a parent or two that wake their asses up at four o'clock in the morning and they drive them to practice and they pick them up and they bring them to school. And then afterwards they drive them to their second practice. That's how this works. I can't, I, I can't explain it any other way. You just outwork, outwork everybody, outwork you. That's always the biggest thing. Can you outwork you? Can you show up 10 minutes before everybody else and leave 20 minutes after? Can you? Because if you can, you're well on your way to doing something great. And it's just not in just sports. I'm talking about in all aspects of all life, professional, personal, whatever it is. There's a lot you can pack into a day if you really think about it. If you really think that, that, uh, you're too busy. You're not guarantee it. You're not, you're just not, you're not as busy as you think you are. There's some people out there that are super goddamn busy that have a lot. Like I got nine jobs and I know I still have time in the day where I could still be writing more jokes. I feel bad if I don't, I feel bad if I go upstairs and a, uh, I, I eat lunch and I don't sit down with my notes out and write. I feel terrible about it. Uh, let's read some comments here because I'm kind of getting into the weeds a little bit. Uh, let's see. What's up, BJ? How are you, bud? Scooter just dropped 2K for dance and 2K for figure skating. Ah, I know. Oh, my God. I'd be living on a goddamn island with a castle and a moat, and I'd be hanging out with Leonardo DiCaprio if I didn't have a daughter in gymnastics. Fuck. God, we spend so much money. Uh, Olina, I had, I love gymnastics, but had to give it up because I kept dislocating my knees. So my parents had to pull me. I get it. If it's something physical that you just can't do anymore, especially dislocating knees. Holy Christ, man. That's got long lasting effects. Yikes. Scooter, is Kinley a perfectionist? If she is, how do you deal with it? My oldest figure skater is, and the drama, Hugh, um, she's not. Which is fine. I think I would much rather have her be okay with... She's very much so in the mindset of, I gave it my best and now I'm okay and I'm moving. I'll just move on. Whether I did good or bad. I would like to have a little bit more of the, well, I fucked that up. I should probably get my ass back out there and, you know, practice a little more. I should go to a couple more open gyms. I wish she kind of had a little bit more of that in her. But I guess in the long run, you'd much rather have a kid who's just like, can flow, you know? If things get messed up, you just fix it. You know, if things go great, great. If they go wrong, that's great too. You know, I kind of like that. Yep. Uh, Olina, I see this all the time with Boy Scouts. They get to life rank and then putts around and are uh, skating in at the last minute with all their Eagle stuff right before they age out of the program. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, totally. Um, 
It is, uh, yeah. I mean, you got to be able to meet the demands as you get older. And if you can't, then you got to figure out something new, you know, for how much you love it. If you're not putting into it what it demands, then you don't love it as much as you think you do. That's just the way it is. D, my 13-year-old is a perfectionist and a three-season athlete. The cost is nuts and they're running for, oh, I can't imagine. I know. We got a friend of ours, uh, one of Kinley's good friends. Their family has three children, all of which are in some sport or another, gymnastics, hockey, you know, extracurriculars like theater and shit. I don't know how they do it. Two parents who just like, just constantly, man, you just wake up all day and all you do is run kids around. Fuck. What a life. Ugh. I know eventually it ends, but man, that can, it can be a lot. It can be a lot, a lot, you know? That's why I always talk about the manila envelope. Get yourself a manila envelope and in it, keep every receipt of the practices, of the hotel costs, of the flights, of all that shit. Keep it all. Keep all of it. Keep all of it. Because eventually when your you know, daughter comes home and she's like, no, I'm marrying a guy named Snake. You know, or your son comes back and he's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to become a professional gamer instead of going to college. Go ahead and slide that manila envelope across the table. I'm just going, all right, nice to see I've worked my ass off for you and you fucked this up. Jesus. It's the worst, man. And I feel terrible. Like, and last night, like she had tears in her eyes and she was starting to well up. And I'm like, I'm trying my ass off here. I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. And I hope that... You look at this moment as like a turning point because you can fucking either not meet the demands of what is being asked of you or you can fucking fail. That's all. There's that's it. You have to figure it out. (laughs) I can't do it for you. And I felt I felt terrible. But I could see like this morning when she got up, like she was moving her ass, man. She was like, all right, we're going to do this. Let's get some shit done today. And I was like, good. 730. She was, you know. Up, up and Adam was like bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, fucking ready to roll, man. So, Scooter, you were such a good dad. Ah, thank you. Ah, fuck it. I don't know. I'm sure at some point, you know, she'll look at me and call me a huge piece of shit. So, <laughs> we're almost there. Uh, thanks, everybody, who just hopped on to the uh, the live feed here. Uh, Lori, hello to you. What's up, Jesse May? Good to see you. What's up, JM Billiards? What's happening, dude? Uh, for everybody who's jumping on, just give you guys a heads up. There is some brand new merchandise that is out. Oh, and I also know people were asking about the beanies. Uh, we, I've been in contact with the company. They're going to set it up. We'll get it up on the store at rudypovich.com. And then uh, the, I know we talked about Rant and Rudy stuff, the whole, you know, shirt. It's coming. I got a designer. It's just, it's, there's a million other things going on right now, so I feel terrible that it's taking longer than it should. But uh, yeah, but it's on the way, so I uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, like I said, also September 9th, coming up, I think it's next Thursday, I'll be a part of the Twin Cities Film Festival, their stand-up and shorts. My uh, my short film, which won the Louis Anderson, uh, Louis' favorite at this year's Z-Fest, going to be showing there. It's a Thursday night, and then afterwards, we'll get up and do like 15 minutes of stand-up. But uh, if you want some tickets, I do have a couple of free passes. Just hit me up. I think uh, my buddy Kenny already, who listens to the podcast, uh, shot me a line. He's going to be down there. So anytime there's a show and I get a guest list, you guys are more than welcome to uh, to hop on it. Uh, let's see. Kelly, parenting is tough. I now officially have two adult children. Yeah, well, at least, I don't know, everybody talks about like, oh my God, the best ages ever. The best ages ever when they're three and four. It's just so cute. I'm like, fuck that. The best ages are 13. 
When you have to, you're like, hey, I got to run to Target. Do you want to go? And she's like, no. And you're like, good, fucking stay here. I'll be right back. <laughs> no, like, put your shoes on. Put your shit. Get a jack. Could you please put a, do you have a mask? You got a mask. Get a mask. Okay, good. None of that shit. It's just fucking get in the car. I'll be back in 10 minutes. It's awesome. It's the best. <sighs> Drag their asses through. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, uh, as I mentioned, merch, that show coming up on the 9th. If you want some tickets, let me know. Uh, find this podcast every single day on Instagram Live. It's uh, Rudy at underscore Povich. And of course, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Looking for my outro. There it is. All right. I got to roll. You guys have a great day. And thank you very much once again for taking a long walk to Cleveland. <laughs>